Hello, fellow Roma Capitals. Hope you're well. So in that last debate that I had with Logan, the real estate uh, expert, um, I think it really boils down to the probability of recession. And as you guys know, I think there's a high probability of recession. That's not George Gammon talking. That's actually what the bond market, the smart money is saying. But I want to take it a step further. What I did is I started researching what the Federal Reserve themselves are actually saying. Now, maybe not what they're coming out and discussing in a press release or at a press conference when Jerome Powell comes out and talks to CNBC or all the reporters. You know, there they like to paint this rosy picture. But what's interesting is you actually go to the Fed's website and you read their reports, a lot of times you get a completely different picture. So as you guys know, I really geek out on this stuff. So I wanted to go right to the Fed's website because so many people tell me in the comments, George, you've been talking about a recession for 12 months, for a year. It's never coming. What, what are you talking about? You tinfoil hatter? You're just fear-mongering again. Off, George. Go off with your, your – we're never going to have a recession. It's, Janet Yellen was right. We're never going to have one again for the rest of our lives. Okay, look, again – don't take my word on it. Ignore me. Let's just see what the Federal Reserve themselves are actually saying when the cameras aren't turned on. We're going to go right over to this report that I had not yet seen. Now, I have done videos on what we're going to be talking about here, one of the things that we're going to talk, be talking about, which is the near-term forward spread. And you know, we talk about the yield curve and whatnot. We were talking about that in that last video that I did with Logan. But we can get more precise. The, the yield curve, it's very tough to time. And I mean, as an example, back in 2006, uh, seven, eight, I mean, the curve inverted like 24 months, almost two years. I think it was actually 22 months prior to us actually having a recession as announced by the NBER. Now, whether they're accurate or not, it's a completely separate topic. But there is slightly better ways to time this stuff. And one of them, according to the Federal Reserve themselves, and this is not George Gammon talking, is the near-term forward spread. So I found this relatively recent. because I, Going back to the videos I've done on this, I saw a lot of posts on their website. But this was back like 2015, 2016. It's kind of prior to the Cerveza sickness. And what caught my eye here was the fact that it's more recent, September 2023. So let's just say roughly six months ago. Now, they've got a bunch of really interesting charts. They talk about all these esoteric kind of curves and whatnot that are extremely valid for sure. And I totally agree with the Fed here. The near-term forward spread is even more precise than the yield curve. But what I want to do the start of this video is hear it directly from the St. Louis Fed themselves. I had no idea that they actually have a podcast, <laughs> but they do, I guess, or maybe this is just a one-off, but they spoke with Christopher Neely, economist and senior economic policy advisor at the St. Louis Fed. So let's hear what he is. So this isn't George Gammon. This isn't a guy that's out there fear-mongering. He's not the Alex Jones of global economics or global macro. This is a guy that's you would assume is a pretty straight shooter. Unlike George Gammon, he's someone that's very, very credible. 
<laughs> All right, let's hear what Chris says. Been for some months. Mm. This is concerning because... So first and foremost, this gal is completely clueless. Or I, she might not be clueless, but she pretends to be. Just so they can explain what the yield curve is. You guys all know that, so I'm kind of skipping ahead a little bit. Past yield curve inversions have reliably predicted recessions. That is, sustained downturns in economic activity, as defined by the National Bureau of Economic Research. This concerns the FOMC because it has a congressional dual mandate to maintain stable prices and maximum sustainable employment. Oh, boy. All right. We already went into the R word, recession. So (laughs) tell me, Chris, what is a yield curve and what does it mean when a yield curve, like you said, is inverted? Well, a yield curve is just a picture of interest rates or yields on bank deposits and bonds with similar risk characteristics at a point in time. That is, a yield curve describes okay, how it's actually higher than long yields. In other words, an inverted yield curve, the most common stories are that Fed tightening raises short rates, and this action makes it more expensive to borrow. Okay, here is where he starts talking about the reasons the yield curve is so powerful as far as its predictive ability. Now, he talks about, well, the Fed jacks rates, and therefore they cause the recession. Um Let's just assume that's true for a moment. I thought the Fed was all-knowing. Like, I, I thought that they had so many PhDs and so many models and so many tools that uh, they could just kind of gradually turn that dial to absolute perfection. So if the Fed is so good and if they're so clever, why have they never, ever, 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 ever got it right? Just assuming that the reason we have a recession is because they increase rates too much. Why should that give us confidence in the Fed? If anything, that should give us a lack of confidence (laughs) in the Fed. But let's keep going. For investment and consumption, and thereby slows the economy. Or the other conclusion that you could come to is maybe the Fed doesn't have as much control or maybe their tools aren't as precise as they would want us to believe. Me. Our second and related story is that interest rates should be related to expected economic activity. And when medium and long rates are relatively low compared to short rates, that indicates that in the future, there's going to be low desired investment and lower growth. But, you know, I should note that there's nothing special about a yield curve that happens to be slightly downward sloping as opposed to flat. Both predict reduced economic activity in the future. Okay, so flat. Yeah, and let's be clear. We're, we're nowhere close to flat here, Chris. And I know he's not saying that, but we are wildly inverted. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not just slightly downsloping here. We're talking about a, diff, a delta between Fed funds and the 10-year Treasury by almost 100 basis points. But when you look at that in terms of a percentage of the overall Fed funds, that is a staggering inversion. In fact, that, that's like a Coyote Roadrunner inversion. <laughs> he gets right off that cliff, he looks down, and then it's not. he doesn't go down gradually. He goes straight down. That's the type of inversion that we've got right now. And downward. So how specifically 
do you measure the slope of the yield curve? So, you know, I mean, I can get out my ruler, but I have a feeling that's not quite how it's done. Well, that's a good point. So there, there are many measures of the slope of the yield curve, and economists and forecasters do disagree about the best one to use. Some people at the Board of Governors, for example, like to use the near-term forward spread, which is the difference between 18-month and 3-month interest rates. Now, we're going to get into that in a moment here, guys. But the... Uh, Near-term forward spread from many reports that I've read by the Fed is, is as far as the, the consensus, that is their favorite indicator. And that gives us a little bit more idea of the timing, which Chris is going to go into in a moment. I follow some economists at the New York Fed and use the spread between the 10-year yield and the three-month treasury yield. Hmm. If one looks at a graph of the 10-year yield minus the three-month yield, that is the 10-year, three-month yield spread, one sees that this spread is almost always positive. That is, long rates are almost always higher than short rates. But when the slope of the yield curve declines, that is, when the three-month interest rate rises relative to the 10-year yield, or equivalently, the 10-year, three-month yield spread declines, a recession becomes statistically more likely. A negative spread that is an inverted yield curve, has preceded each recession since the 1950s. That's oh, Chris talking. That's, that's, that's not the conspiracy theorists. That's Chris. An inverted yield curve has preceded not some, not the most, but every single recession going back to the 1950s. And now we not only have an inversion, we have an extreme inversion. Oh, wow. Statistical models that allow the spread to predict recessions in a formal way show that the spread does predict recessions well in the sense that implied recession probabilities rise before each recession. The model isn't perfect, however. There have been false positives. For example, there were high probabilities of recession when no recession occurred in the late 1960s and late 1990s. Here's where I'd push back against uh, Chris a bit. If you look at the inversion with uh, the 1990s, very, very small. I think it might have just been of the twos and tens, or it was just the three-month and the 10-year. Uh, it was very minimal. And I would point out, we're going to get into this in a moment when we look at the near-term forward spread, uh, that was not inverted <clears throat> in the 1990s. Unfortunately, it doesn't go back to the 1960s. So I, I wouldn't, I, I have no way of determining if that's a false positive, but as far as the near term forward spread. But what I would add is you've, what we're dealing with today, I think is much, much different from the 1990s from the standpoint that I was just talking about. But also, you got to look at all the other data. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options, Jason Hartman, real estate, and Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So 
So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. So in the late, uh, you know, 97, let's call it, when the curve inverted, was Japan in a recession? Well, they probably were. Was Europe, Germany, UK? Was China in deflation? And combine that with all the other metrics that we have in the United States that are pointing towards recession. And you you see, oh, okay, well, well now this is completely lopsided in the favor of the prob- of the probabilities of the recession being very, very high. But the nominal yield spread is currently quite low and predicts a 65% probability of recession in the next 12 months. Hmm. Keep in mind, he said 12 months. Keep in mind that was six months ago, roughly. And this recession probability would be unprecedentedly high for a false positive. The near-term forward spread from the Board of Governors currently estimates about a 50% chance of recession in 12 months. Oh, boy. Well, that's certainly concerning. I'm not sure there's much positive news there, but... I want to... Again, I wish I had a different... The problem with the screen share that I have is I can't just go right over to the chart because then we lose the audio on this podcast. And There's a couple more clips that I want to play for you. But one thing that I'll point out with the uh, near-term forward spread is what we were talking about in the 1990s, but then also what they're referring to uh, with the, uh, the the timeline on the spread and then the probabilities. They said there's a 50% probability that we get it within the next 12 months. But if you look at what the curve was doing when they were discussing this, which was September of 2023, you see how it was going back up to where that would be considered positive in terms of the economy or the probabilities of this being a uh, false positive were increasing slightly. Now we see it's gone straight back down to where it was. So I would argue if we ask Chris today what the near-term forward spread is predicting as far as probabilities, it would be much, much higher than the 50% they were talking about in September 2023. And I'll show you that as soon as we get over the curve. You know, let me ask you this. So you mentioned two... Um, kind of false positives. So is there any reason to doubt the current predictions of the yield spread? So I think we've all heard or read in the headlines that a recession is coming, you know, quote unquote, in the next six months, but it also hasn't happened yet. So could it be wrong uh, that it's not predicting that? So this is fantastic. This is where she tries to play the, let's put on the rose colored glasses, and then maybe she's in the back of her mind uh, remembering that, uh, you know, it's their job to make sure that people continue to spend money. And we've, we've got to look at the glass half full and the Fed's never going to allow that to happen. We're never going to have a hard landing. This is going to be a no landing or, if anything, a soft landing. And just because these yield curves have been right pretty much every single time, just let's assume for a moment that th- this time it's different. <laughs> the most dangerous words in investing. And what's funny is Chris goes along with it, but then he realizes that the example he gives actually makes the probability of recession even higher than what he's talking about. <laughs> this is fantastic. Listen to this. 
So, yeah, there actually is reason to to doubt that the nominal yield spread uh, has its usual predictive power right now. So the normal practice has been to examine nominal spreads, but there are also good arguments for looking at real, that is inflation adjusted spreads. Mm. In particular, real interest rates should be more closely related than nominal rates both to the stance of monetary policy and to expected future growth. So if one does this and one corrects the 10-year, three-month spread for expected inflation at those horizons, using inflation expectations from survey measures, the real interest rate spread also implies an elevated but lower probability of recession in 12 months. So what what he does is he goes through this and he talks about, yeah, but you can't just look at the nominal spreads. You got to look at the real spreads. And, you know, what the Fed should be doing as far as monetary policy is they should really be looking at the inflation-adjusted spreads and and yada, yada, yada. Uh, But uh, the inflation-adjusted spreads are inverted as well. And yeah, actually, they're also predicting recession. (laughs) I love that. And by the way, Chris, if the Fed should be paying attention to these inflation adjusted spreads and they're inverted, why is the Fed funds rate at 5.25%, my friend? Let's get back to it. That is, it implies a probability of recession of about 40%. Okay, so lower. So I should note that this 40% probability is the highest probability in the history of the series, uh, however, exceeding that even given in an actual recession. Mm. Okay, so did you get that? So he says, and the um, real interest rate spread is only predicting a 40% chance of recession. So then the gal says, oh, well, good, thank goodness. All right, well, well, that's some good news. And then he goes on to say, but... That's the highest probability that we have ever seen, ever, (laughs) even considering the GFC. So maybe not so good. So one interpretation of this discrepancy between the nominal and real yield spread is that the probability of recession in 12 months is somewhat lower than usually claimed. But another possibility is that the real spread variables don't predict historical recessions quite as well as the nominal spread for unknown reasons. Okay, so there. So basically, he's saying that for some unknown reason, let's just revert right back to the nominal stuff and the near term forward spread. So, on that note, the chart Chris is referring to, and you'll notice this when we get an inversion, it's usually a lot closer to the recession than the twos and tens, as an example. And like I said, I wish this went back to the 60s so we could check out that false positive. But when we look at the 1990s, you see that we did not have a false positive. The only inversion we had, in fact, preceded the dot-com recession by just, trying to just eyeball this here, just only by a couple months. And then we see that we got this inversion, let's just call it September 2006, with this spread, and then we got the recession. I think that was officially announced. I think it was December of 2007. So this one we had about let's just call it a year, and let's call it a year and three months. So that's 15, 16 months, something like that. And then with the Cerveza sickness, it was a lot closer, like we saw during the dot com. And 
now we are long in the tooth because this started back in, that's why they said there's usually about a 12 month lag right here. And that was six months ago. So we're, we're coming up on, you know, probably mid summer, something like that. If this is correct, once again, that we will be in recession if we're not already in one now. Keep in mind, uh, everyone will say, George, what are you talking about? The unemployment rate and this and this and this and this and this and this. Right. But remember that the NBER always announces a recession after the fact. It's never when we're in a recession. So the fact that the NBR hasn't announced one yet, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, as an example, going back to the GFC, they didn't announce that we were or had been in a recession until December of 2008. So basically a year after the recession actually started. So I wouldn't put much stock in what the NBER is saying or what they're not saying. If you guys can see that, I know it's probably difficult here with the, the video, but if you can see this purple line, you'll notice what I was referring to back on the podcast where they said there was a 50% probability based on their models that we have a recession within 12 months. And so six months from now, said another way. But that was when, I know this is tough to see. Actually, let me go up here. That's probably easier. I'm just going to leave it right here. And notice the end of the bottoming out of this purple curve. And it goes back up and then starts coming back down. When they were announcing or when they were doing this podcast, that's when the curve was going back up to zero. So you could see that as maybe a little more optimistic. And that's why I say that likely their probabilities now would be a lot higher than they were because the curve isn't going up, which would be positive. It's going back down, which would be more negative. Now, one thing that we also can reference is if this curve uninverts prior to a recession. So it looks like going back to 19... 74, it was still inverted once we the recession hit. Same thing with 1980. Looks like 82. Ah, darn it. I wish it's tough to keep going all over the place here. 82. Yeah, it looks like it was slightly inverted when the recession hit. 19 early 90s, it had uninverted. 2000.com, it was just slightly inverted. And GFC, it was still slightly inverted. So it would be rare to see a recession start when it was at the level that we see today. But that's not to say that a recession couldn't start, if you're looking at historical data and the probabilities, when this near-term forward spread is still negative. Whereas if we compare this to the twos and tens, 95% of the time you're seeing the twos and tens uninvert due to that bull steepener. And then the stuff hits the fan a little bit different here with the Fed's favorite model to predict not only a recession, but the timing of that recession. And that's why I titled this video that based on this, the near term forward spread and the Fed themselves are predicting that we have a recession in the next six months or so. Understanding that this is not 100% probability, this was 50% probability uh, based on their models back in September. And today, 
think we could argue that it might be 60 or 70%. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. I know a lot of you right about now are asking yourself, okay, George, I, I get what you're saying here. I get what the Fed is saying. There's some tumultuous times ahead, most likely. But what do I do about it? Do I buy gold, silver, Bitcoin, treasuries? I mean, who knows? I'm just kind of the average Joe or Jane, just trying to protect myself and make sure that I hopefully survive and thrive uh, 2024 and throughout 2025. Well, I've got good news for you. I'm actually doing a webinar this Friday in Rebel Capitalist Pro. You can check that out. You can sign up for it. It's just a dollar trial at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. And I'm going to be going over some things that are actually cheap right now. Remember, Jim Rogers teaches us, we've got to buy low, sell high. But there are some things right now, not the housing market, Logan, <laughs> but there are some things right now that are super cheap. And I'm going to be going over what those things are and maybe some producers of these types of commodities and maybe how that might even play into AI. I had a conversation with Mike Green yesterday that was absolutely fantastic. And we talked about how much energy AI is actually going to consume. And there's a way to play that. So I wouldn't buy NVIDIA. But if you want to go long AI, there's a way to do that through commodities that are cheap right now. Also, I talked to him about his ETF called TUA. There's a way to go long the two-year treasury, which I think, at least for my portfolio, I would prefer to do than try to short the stock market, assuming that you believe there is going to be some sort of uh, crash in 2024 or 2025. So I'm going to be going all over all of that on this webinar. You can check it out at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. See you in the next video. We'll see you this Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time.